On today's show, Eric Pittman talks to you about how to become a real estate investor while keeping your nine to five job. Eric is a passionate investor who also inspire you to be a better person and maintain the lifestyle you desire. He's currently done over 50 real estate investment deals to date. He's been very successful with all the wholesale deals and will tell you how to make a quick profit. He has shown no signs of slowing down in this industry. Eric's technique to acquire real estate on the opposite side of the country can persuade you to invest anywhere. Tune in to find out just what he means by that. So let's get right down to business. This is your host of the show, Joe Robert. Let's just get right down to business. Joe Robert show. This, this is the Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. Eric, thank you for coming on today. Thanks, Joe. Good to see you. Thank you. Well, can you give us, uh, you know, I've known you for quite a few years now. And we're good friends and uh, it's, you know, really been a great experience knowing you. Give us some background for the viewers up to your uh, wholesale. Sure, Joe. Again, thanks for having me. I really appreciate what you're doing. I, I love the title, right? Bringing value to the world. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you asked me to come on the show, I said, absolutely. If there's any value I can bring, you know, I am here. Um, yeah, so my background really, uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, uh, bought my first investment property at the age of 22 uh, with my dad. It was a little tiny row home in a really rough neighborhood of Philadelphia. And uh, I was just excited to get started, right? We took some real estate investing courses at the time. And um, I had my real estate license, so I didn't really do much. But uh, buying that first investment property for $14,000 uh, was kind of the launch of my real estate investing career. <laughs> so it was, uh, it's been a journey ever since. Well, that's great. That's great. So maybe give some insight into that first deal. You know, what are the things, you know, what drove you to make that first purchase, the location, the price, you know, where did you find that deal and how did that deal turn yeah. out? Oh, great question, right? <laughs> what drove me to it was because I, I found something so cheap that I could rent for uh, $500 a month, you know, paid 14 grand for it, rented for 500 a month, and the real estate taxes were $128 a year. That's cheap <laughs> over there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, and this was in Philly, right? So, um, I was just looking for a deal, and that was one of the first ones that popped up. I didn't really know much because I was brand new. I was just excited for a deal. And I said, Hey dad, you know, take a look at this. And you know, he, he never really invested in real estate before either. Uh, my dad's a hardworking factory worker, right? So we just bought it and, um, and really didn't look at the numbers too much. So all I knew is, Hey, it rented for this. And this was the price. You were getting your so, feet wet and you're going to make it. Yeah. You're making a claim that you're getting your first <laughs> deal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, at the, <laughs> at, here's the thing, I, you know, I've always been an action taker. So, um, immediately I said, Hey, I got to get my hands on a property. If I'm going to learn this, right. You can only read so many books and take so many courses. Uh, but the other part of that, of what everyone says right out there is taking action. You got to pull the trigger. That's great. And so mm -hmm. looking back on that trend, on that first deal, what are the things that, uh, you would do differently today or, you know, give the people watching this advice into how you would do it differently, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're doing your first deal or if I would go back and do that again, um, it would really um, make sure the investment is something you're comfortable with. 
right? At the time, I was a 22-year-old kid. I didn't mind going all over Philly and, you know, God knows what neighborhood for a deal. I didn't care at the time, right? So I had a really high risk tolerance. Uh, so everybody who's watching right now, assess your own risk tolerance, right? Do I want to have a nice home in the suburbs? That might be a little bit more, but it's more maybe a, a better neighborhood. Or do I want to go anywhere where the cash flow is great? So take a look, take stock of your own risk assessment. And um, also take a look at the property, you know, and make sure, you know, interview the tenants, <laughs> see what they're up to, see, um, you know, what kind of uh, people they are, right? You do want to have some bond with your tenants, I, I do believe, somehow. Uh, so they keep on paying on time and take care of the property um, and run a spreadsheet. I didn't at the time. I said, oh, 14 grand, 500 a month. Uh, this sounds great, <laughs> right? R run a realistic spreadsheet and it doesn't have to be super scientific or complicated and, and just take a look at all the expenses, the income. And, and if the number is what you want at the bottom for your ROI, go for it. And what about uh, location? Yeah. I mean, location is important. Um, I'd say back to the, the comfortable piece, right? Yeah. Um, for me, I, again, I have a high risk tolerance. I'll buy anywhere in the country. So even though I live here in Carlsbad, California, I'm over here in Southern California, I'm still buying back in Pennsylvania, right? My home state, because I have the relationships there. Uh, I have boots on the ground. I, I have people I trust that I can get a real estate deal done. But if you're getting started, I'd say try to get something in your backyard even if it's your first deal, get your feet wet, something you can drive over to. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. Uh, I mean, everyone's into the virtual wholesaling and everything, but definitely to do your first deal and get the experience, I believe, you know, something that you could drive to, uh, feel, touch, manage, right? I mean, people, yeah. it's one thing to buy a piece of property. It's uh, a second thing to actually operate it, right? Yeah, Operations yeah. is where a lot of people may fall short, you know, getting the right tenants, managing the rehab, managing the contractors. That's typically where the problems come in. Mm -hmm. um, it's I, not to say, Joe, that you can't do yep. um, a, a virtual deal or something across the country as your first deal. I mean, if you really do your research and you have a good management company, you have everything dialed in. Well, it, it's better to have something and learn uh, than have nothing and not make any forward progress. I agree there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I went through years ago I had picked up a bunch of rentals down in Wilmington, you know, Delaware. I, I remember. I remember. <laughs> Long we've been friends, Joe. I remember. <laughs> My buddy, you know, thought it was a good idea. And I was like, okay, I jumped in. I think we picked up like 10 or so. And I'll tell you, yeah. I, 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 I definitely will never go back. Uh, you know, <laughs> more motto is if you're going to buy and hold something long-term, uh, you know, be comfortable with visiting the property. You know, the thing I said recently is, Hey, would your wife go there? Right. I mean, yeah. if she ain't willing to go there, I probably wouldn't buy it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, yeah, we of course we want to get the nicest property we can for the buck, um, but at the same time, you, you got to look at what's available, look at the market, look at your risk tolerance, right? And if there's something that you're finally like, okay, I'm comfortable with this, you know, then make a decision. Cool, thank you. And then I, you know, yeah. so that brings us to I believe when when we first met, right back in the you know the wholesaling days back in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, back at Dig, right in uh, <laughs> in the Philadelphia area at our local RIA. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, give us some information about, uh, your experience then and, you know, your partnerships. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I guess, it, I guess good fortune came my way and I was lucky, you know, I, I started going to the RIAs and I met a, a really good partner at the time. His name was Mike. 
and we started wholesaling together and we did a lot of deals throughout the Philadelphia marketplace and we had a great partnership. Right. Um, and I feel like I still would be partners with them today if I didn't move all the way out here to California. But um, it, it was it was a, it was great just going to these meetings, uh, meeting people that are doing and interested in what you're doing. If anybody's watching that's getting started and let's say you're a beginner or intermediate, go to your local real estate investment clubs. It's it's the number one thing that I could recommend anybody doing to get started. You're going to learn. You're going to meet people that are doing it. You're going to find deals. You're going to build relationships. About a year and a half ago, I got on the board of a local real estate investment club. So I just started by building relationships, asking what I can do to help out with. And then eventually I was invited to come on the board. So, so much, so many more opportunities opened up, right? You get to meet more people, uh, again, mastermind with the board. So I think that's probably the number one thing is get out there. I mean, right now it's with the whole coronavirus thing. Um, I know some clubs are going virtual, right? Yeah. They're, they're either doing the, the stream yard or they're zooming, right? Uh, <laughs> for these meetings, right? Uh, the, the key is attend as much as you can, you know, for that learning piece and also the opportunity piece. No, I agree. Uh, a lot of the business partners or friendships or relationships over the years from the real estate, uh, you know, investing has all or majority all come from the local meetups there in the Philadelphia area. Oh yeah. It's huge. I, I mean, it, that's how I built my business, right? At, at the height, we had about a thousand investors on our distribution list, if I can remember correctly. So every time we had a property under agreement, we were wanted to wholesale something, we blasted it out. We had almost a thousand investors look at it. And then the ones that are interested, depending on the deal, would call us and text me and say, hey, Eric, I want this deal or I'm interested. So building that is is key too. Now, especially if you want to wholesale or virtually wholesale or, or get into some of marketing, I don't do that anymore. I just like to buy and hold and for cash flow uh, and, and a flip here and there. Uh, but if you're a wholesaler, you want to get started, start building that investor list, that buyer's list, uh, ASAP. And what, what are the, you know, from wholesaling, what are the things that you liked about wholesaling? What do you recommend to people just getting started? Um, what I loved about wholesaling is that it, it, it's faster income, right? It, it, the, the deals are typically, they turn around in 30 days or less, most of them, right? So, uh, and, and to this day, you know, I, I think about the deal that we did. Remember the one time uh, what, Mike and I, we wholesaled you a deal and it was a two property package. And we thought we were getting one wholesale fee of five thousand. You sent us a check for ten. Yep. And yep. we're like, whoa, 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 you overpaid us. And you're like, no, 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 it was five per property, right? So I mean, that was that was ten thousand dollars within I think a few weeks, right? And I think that also cemented our bond. I'm like, hey, you know, this is this is a guy of integrity, and you know, we continue our relationship and business from there. But um, I mean, depending on the wholesale fee, that could happen in a couple weeks. You know, maybe thirty days. So, the the quick return, you know, of income and getting the deal closed, uh, is what I loved about it. Uh, and that also get, helps you build cash to reinvest in, in future deals. As long as you don't spend it, you know. A lot of in the beginning, I struggled with. Um, I was doing this full time, so wholesaling was my full, my only income, right? So I had to, to pay all of my bills, and I had to reinvest in the future. So it's difficult, right? Had to manage that, right? Um, so getting started, uh, I mean, it, 
if we're talking about wholesaling, is really uh, going to the RIAs, uh, building the buyers list, and just be on the lookout for good deals and and throwing out offers. That's the key. Uh, I mean, wholesalers really have to be masters of of submitting lots of offers. Yeah, I think everything generally in life is, is a numbers game, right? Even you know, whenever you're doing acquisitions uh, or meeting people, you know, you have to meet uh, you know every hundred people you get. You meet a couple friends out of the hundred people yep. that you stay in touch with, and deal wise, you know, you might put out a hundred offers, you get a couple under contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Jim Rohn said, in the beginning, you make up in numbers what you lack in skill. That's good. So, in, you have to really get the experience in, put the numbers out there. You'll you'll eventually become a better negotiator. What helped me win a lot of wholesale deals in the beginning was uh, just building lots of rapport, you know, with the sellers. Uh, I, I loved hearing their story, right? If I go walk through a property and and let's say it's uh, the the house has been in the the family for years, and there's some photos, right, yeah. on the on the mantle. <laughs> oh wow, man, is that you guys when you were younger, right? You know, tell me about the the house and and the history. And I was genuinely curious about the people in their history. So I built that bond. So and I remember several times sellers calling me back and saying, "Hey, Eric, I." I your offer was less, less, but I'm going to take it because I liked you. That's awesome. So, so just being likable and, and genuinely interested uh, is awesome too. It's good. We got we got uh, Mama. Is that Mama Dukes? Tuning oh, is it, in is it my mom? She's watching. Hey, she <laughs> hey, she's my greatest fan. So I I told her to tune in at this time. <laughs> how about uh, you know? How about you know going into Mama? You know, over how important has your family been? over the years to your support, you know, in all the moves that you made. Oh, huge. I wouldn't have gotten started in real estate if it wasn't for my parents at the time. Um, uh, it was my mom who actually got me into real estate, right? At, at 19, I think it was, you know, not too long after high school, she's, she brought me an ad in the paper and said, you know, why don't you sell real estate, right? You can get your license. There was a little ad in the paper, you know, and pay a couple hundred dollars, take the courses and you get your real estate license. I mean, it was quite easy at the time. And that's how I really got started. And then, of course, I got started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Kiyosaki, uh, Carlton Sheets courses. You know, I have uh, had a huge library at the time, the size of my wall of just real estate investment books and tapes and some CDs back then. And some of you were on cassette tape, my God. Kiyosaki, um, I think he's 72 now. And he's yeah. like on all of every podcast interview right now, you know, and it just goes to show you. <clears throat> the strength and motivation of people that, you know, can go long-term. I mean, in your seventies and still wheeling and dealing, I mean, that's what yeah. I think ultimately keeps people alive. Right. And going as a, you know, gives them a purpose to keep going. Yeah. He created a, a great brand and no matter what you do, people are going to love you or people are going to hate you. Right. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, who's responsible for all your success. It's the person in the mirror. That's it. Yeah. You got to yeah. get out there and make it happen. Um, I, I think tr true authentic success happens when you take full ownership. Right? And once you do that of your decisions, uh, of your business and everything, you know, then, then it's when, when you really tap into that happiness inside of what you're really doing and you're enjoying it and moving forward. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you got it. So, so after, you know, after your experience of wholesaling in Philadelphia, I know you made the uh, move out to the West Coast. What yep. uh, what prompted that decision? Yeah, um, 
Yeah. So I had a relationship end at the time. And, uh, at that point was going through a lot of motions and, and I'm like, what do I do with my life? Uh, I really want to live in someplace beautiful and sunny and palm trees, you know, as you can see by my shirt here, right. <laughs> that's, that's, it, you know, my shirt says it all the lifestyle I want to live. Um, you know, born and raised in Philly, my whole family's there. Uh, love them very much. Miss them a lot. Um, and at the same time, I just I, I needed a change. You know, I said I'm either going to Florida, California, or Hawaii. And a buddy at the time said, "Hey, you got to go to San Diego. It's got the the best weather in the country." <laughs> so I I bought a one way ticket to California. I've never I've never been to California. So when I got off the plane with my four suitcases, that was the first time I was ever here. That's that. That just uh, reminded me of like going to Puerto Rico in 2014. Man, never been to yeah. Puerto Rico before. Yeah. Almost didn't. I've never even heard about Puerto Rico, and knowing that it was actually a U.S. territory and part of the U.S. And uh, you know, in 2014, went down there, met a few brokers, rented a place, made a move. That's it. Yeah, I think not too long after I moved to California, San Diego, you went over to Puerto Rico. So yeah, yeah. Uh, some life changes all around at that time. So I know that uh, you got settled into California after that. Can you tell us more about, you know, what you did after that? Sure, sure. Um, you know, worked some odd jobs to get myself on my feet again. And what really helped me get established again was uh, working for fortune builders, right? I was one of their uh, business coaches. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that opportunity. It was an incredible learning experience. I worked with investors, coaching them um, all across the country. Uh, great organization, um, have a lot of education, right? A lot of investors are actually out there doing it as well. So I think that really got my, myself established, right. And, and some consistency going once I, once I landed that, um, that and learning and meeting the people in San Diego, right. Uh, that, and I was also an Uber driver. So <laughs> tell you what, if you're moving to a new city, be an Uber driver, because not only do you get to uh, learn the city, you get to meet people, um, you get to make money. So it's like three birds with one stone. Right. And I'm sure there's a lot of crazy, uh, backseat stories to go along with that experience. Oh, right. Well I, well, I had my business card. So everybody in the backseat, I would ask them what they do. Yep. And, you know, naturally what someone asked you, what do you do? You return back. Well, what do you do? So I said, Hey, you know, I, I moonlight as a Uber driver, but during the day I'm getting into real estate and, and, cool. I, and I coach real estate investors. And so it was a great experience, great time. And so after, you know, after your experience with fortune builders, where was your next move? Yeah, I had an opportunity to go work uh, at, for Brian Buffini as one of his business coaches in Carlsbad. Not too far from where I live, actually. So then I started coaching realtors, uh, and to see the the difference in the world that they live in, right? Uh, real estate investors and realtors. It's it's so the world is just so different. Um, it's the same world, right? It's real estate, but they're just different things they focus on. And what did you take away from the whole coaching experience? You know, for yourself, you know, what what, what growth and development did you get during that time? Great question, right? Um, it's very fulfilling for me. Uh, I love coaching as a career. I really enjoy it. Um, my current day job now, coaching CEOs, I absolutely love it. Um, it's something I'm really passionate about. So I guess the biggest takeaway is that if you're getting started, especially everybody needs some guidance and help. 
right? Uh, I mean, you can you can go far if you're alone, right? Um, you, or you can go fast when you're alone, but you can go far when you're with someone. Really, I mean, you see individual people get out there and and just do stuff, make mistakes, and you know get beat up and all that stuff. But if you have someone in your corner, kind of as your guide, you know, with the guardrails up and helping yeah. you so you don't really go off the road, it's really helpful. What um, what do you think from for people getting started? How do they go and find a mentor or a coach? What is the best way? I think for most people, it, it depends on the style of the person that you're looking for, right? Some people might love, uh, you know, a Tony Robbins style, and some people might like a Brian Tracy style or a Jim Rohn. Um, my advice is to to try them all, right? Seek out the the people that you're interested in, that you like, that you connect with. Um, nowadays, you don't even need to meet the person in real life, right? We have podcasts, we have their recordings, their books. So by experiencing and reading and listening to all this content, you really get to understand the person, right? And, and don't, don't listen to any of them or do what they say verbatim, right? Take everything, <laughs> take everything that you read and listen to out there in the world, digest it, sit with it, and then go, go make your own plan and action moving forward. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think a lot of people don't understand that, right? You watch a lot of videos, you take out the nuggets that best suit yourself and apply it to what you're doing specifically right yeah everybody's different right i mean there I, you know i consider myself a lifestyle investor when you really think about it right you know the biggest difference between the people on the east coast and the west coast is this this is what i found is that east coast a lot of people identify themselves by their work what they do what they do as a profession or job i'm a doctor i'm an attorney or real estate investor right so it's very work-based uh, on the West Coast, it's about people identify themselves with their hobbies and their passions. I'm a surfer. I'm a musician, right? Um, uh, uh, I like to. Uh, I'm a hiker, right? So it's a. It's like different sides of the country. It, it's very interesting. I found throughout this whole experience, uh, and I'm definitely a lifestyle guy. So anybody watching right now, uh, lifestyle investor. There you go. There you go. I just. I just trademarked that. Is that a trademark? Um, <laughs> So, so probably buying the domain and the <laughs> handles right now, right? There you go. Someone already bought it up. I'll have yep. to buy it off them later. Um, <laughs> so uh, figure out what you are, right? <laughs> yeah, trademark. Um, if you're a lifestyle investor, right, and you want to have real estate investing income uh, fuel your hobbies and your passions, well, then do that, right? Don't listen to what anyone else says, right? Go fuel your own passion and your fire. Yeah, I agree there. I agree. Mm -hmm. What um, what are you getting into these days when it comes to real estate investing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for me, again, I'm coming from the angle of a, of a part-time investor. Yeah. You know, part-time, I, I have a full-time W-2 day job, which I love. I really enjoy. Uh, so my investing happens nights and weekends. You know, it happens part time before work, after work, w whenever I can. So I try to leverage technology as much as I can. I probably do 95% of my business right on this right here. <laughs> so it's just so easy nowadays. So I, I really reach out to a lot of wholesalers. Being a former wholesaler, I can really empathize with them. So I, I try to get on as many wholesaler lists as I can. 
reach out to investors saying, put me on your buyers list. I'd, I'd love to get updates. So I get texts all the time, emails. You know, most of the deals aren't going to be a good fit. You have to look at a lot of deals. So you cherry pick and look at the ones that you're interested in, pursue them, make the offer and see if you can pick it up. And can you dive into what you're currently working on or where and, you know, why you, you chose that? Sure, sure. So I live in Southern California. I'm here yeah. in San Diego. So I have not bought an investment property here in San Diego yet because there, there was so much competition and I was getting outbid uh, by companies way bigger than me. I'm just an individual uh, overpaying right for properties here, especially in San Diego, just to get a local deal. So I said, I'm not going to compete with them. You know, I'm going to play a game where I don't have to compete with anyone else. Right. So I'm going to go out of state. Uh, it was easy for me to go back to my home state of Pennsylvania. Uh, still have a lot of connections there and a wholesaler sent me out a property. I think almost two years ago, a year and a half, something like that. And that was my first, I guess, long distance, uh, property I bought while I was here in, in California. Um, I've never seen the property. I've owned it for almost two years, bought it, um, operated it with my partner and, and just closed on it, sold it this past week. Never even physically been to the property. Now, were you a little comfortable with uh, doing that transaction because you already resided in the Philadelphia area for a while and so you were familiar with that area? Yeah, it's in the town of Scranton. So for me, um, I've, had, I've never actually even been to Scranton. So, I mean, literally, I mean, 95% of the work happened on cell phone, uh, but I was comfortable with the relationships I had there that I had built right in the Philadelphia and surrounding areas in order to do this deal. So um, I had enough experience to pull the trigger on it. So uh, even though I've never seen the property, I was able to, to purchase it at a great price, uh, enjoy the cash flow, and uh, now the property more in then doubled in value in under two years. And, and we just sold it. My business partner and I, we just sold it this past week. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are your plans moving forward for the rest of 2020? Oh, how my, does this lockdown affect that? Well, I mean, hey, um, we're, we're all going to get through this. You know, I mean, uh, the, everything, we're all going to come out at the end of this, right? So just, uh, I'm trying to stay focused and just say, Hey, you know, this is just a temporary thing that humanity is fighting right now and we'll get through it. Um, and just going to continue as normal, right? Um, do my best to be safe here at the house and look at as many deals as I can virtually. And are you getting feedback from brokers? Are they working? Are they working right now or? Yeah, I, I think, uh, real estate agents are doing the best they can in the climate, you know, uh, virtual open houses and, and dealing with the struggles of, of a lot of businesses right now, um, which I think everybody's doing quite well, right? Considering the situation. Yeah. I mean, I see, I'm seeing more listings on Zillow and so forth, posting virtual mm -hmm. tours, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that the real estate market might slow down a little bit. Um, I think there might be some more deals popping on the market uh, in the coming months and maybe next year or two or so who knows i mean you can't really predict but just keep an eye on it um if you're looking for your next deal or for if you're brand new and trying to get started just look at a lot of them see what makes sense for you now i i'm also flipping on a property in, in scranton right now it's under construction as we speak 
And, you know, my contractor said that, Hey, I can't even have a crew here working on it. So I'm working on it by myself. <laughs> so <laughs> really? Yeah. So I said, Hey, I completely understand. He's following all the rules and everything. So, uh, which is awesome. So, Hey, that drastically slowed down the turnaround time to flip that property. But what are you going to do? You just keep on moving forward, right? We'll get it on the market as soon as we can and sell it and then looking for the next deal. Yeah, I agree. So many people need to start looking forward, right? Looking at uh, three, six, 12 months out versus, you know, today and what the current situation is. We can't really control that. Yeah. Uh, I think people are going to have to get a little creative. Yep. You know, creative financing will probably be, uh, I think, big in the next year or two. You know, I mean, the beautiful thing is if you can get two or more people, right, buyer and seller agree on something, you have a deal. And you don't have to make a, a crazy ROI. You don't have to make a ton of money, right? Just do something that you're comfortable with. I agree. And so over your years of coaching, you mostly went to an office and now you're yeah. working. Now you're working remote like the rest of the world, right? Yeah, working here all day long <laughs> in my loft, in my studio here. So tell, tell us about it. I mean, what do you like? You know, what do you, what do you see, you know, are, are you more productive, less productive? You know, what are the things that are great about it? What are the things that you prefer being in the office for? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think everybody's facing it right now. I think it's great. I really love working from home. Uh, I, I see myself just as productive, if not more, um, because I don't have these monster commute times to work every day. Uh, all the, the fuel and the transportation costs. Um, you're able to have a little bit more time back in your life uh, for your own mental health by working from home. Um, and for me, I'm talking to everybody, talking to my clients, and I'm, I'm Zooming and doing Zoom calls and video chats all day long, so it's not like I'm missing any type of uh, uh, people interaction. Um, you know, with that said, you know, we do have this amazing technology nowadays, right, to still interact with people. So I think it really is amazing. Um, you can be reaching out to everybody. You could be having video chats like we are, uh, with sellers, maybe if you want, um, with other real estate investors, uh, with your real estate investment clubs, with, uh, with realtors, right? Whoever you want to do, just to keep in, uh, keeping the, um, the connections together, especially at this time. That's definitely important. I mean, we're spending a bit of time reaching out to the people that we've done business with over the years mm -hmm. and just saying we're here and we're, uh, you know, available to be participating in the market if deals come over the next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love what you're doing, right? You're putting together the, this radio show, right? Uh, online, which is awesome, right? It gives, hopefully somebody's going to walk away with one nugget from this or one thing uh, that's going to help them in their careers and their lives. Yeah, I agree. And so we always usually ask a question about partnerships, right? And this can mm -hmm. be a partnership with, you know, in business. I know you had a partner in wholesaling and mm -hmm. you know, also some people have a spouse and they have a partner in that aspect. Give us some insight into your previous partnership. What was, you know, great about it? What are the things that people should look for in a partner? Well, I'm, I'm a big proponent of partnerships. Uh, especially when it, when there's great synergy and you got, and the two or more people really fill each other, fill the gaps, right. In your skill sets. Um, with that said, you know, really get to know the person, right. Set expectations, 
right? Keep the, the lines of communication open. Uh, I, I think I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have that partnership, you know, with my first business partner, Mike, back in, in Philly, right? That was the catalyst, you know, to get going. So uh, even though uh, I'm an individual now, I don't have any type of giant corporation, right? I'll join venture and I'll partner up, you know, maybe per deal or when I'm raising some private capital, right? You put together an agreement and the best thing you can do, set all expectations up front. Just lay out everything up front, right? Because if you don't, later on, it becomes a, an agreement, a disagreement, an argument or whatever it might be. And you don't want to go that path. It's yeah, not worth it. It's not yeah. worth the aggravation. Mental health is is not is not <laughs> is at risk, right? If you go that that route, so um, you know, keep things fair and reasonable. And most of your business partners that you've done deals with have all been from real estate meetups. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so. Um, the, again, the RIA, the local RIAs are the best place to go meet people. I'm on a local board here in my club, uh, San Diego Cashflow Investors. So it was originally a note club focused on notes. And then when all the notes kind of dried up a <laughs> few years back, you know what I'm talking about, Joe. Everyone transitioned to adapt and said, okay, let's look at, uh, uh, let's see if we can sold in notes, of course, but let's look at cash flow properties, commercial, anything that's generating cash flow. So I just started attending there regularly, asking for what I can do to help and support the club. And then they eventually invited me on the board. So that's awesome. What else does yeah. the uh, group do? Um, we're in the virtual environment right now. So we have some speakers come in. Uh, we did one earlier this month uh, via Zoom. So mm -hmm. that was great, right? I think 64 people attended uh, from our one meeting, virtual meeting. Is that more than usual in person or is that about the same? Yeah, in person, usually it's anywhere between fifteen to thirty people every so month. Yeah, double. Yeah, so at double, you know, the <laughs> attendance show up right from our virtual club meeting online. So we're still trying to provide value. Um, the club's focus is really to 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 do deals together, right? To to buy and and sell properties, right? Uh, it's great when clubs get together to network and do this, but the magic really happens when someone comes and says, I have this deal. And the other person says, I want to buy it. Right. And there's a transaction. So our club is really focused on, and we have a, a membership component for our, um, for our prime members, I guess you can, you can call them. And um, so we kind of get together and we just mastermind, right. They get What's two, going on. What are we seeing? Closings or what? Two-day closing, sure. <laughs> like Prime, right? Is it Prime? Yeah, two-day two closing, right? Yeah, we're in that territory nowadays. I, I, some states are just crazy with the paperwork, but uh, yeah, speed is definitely a factor, right? Yeah, it would be interesting to see how fast closings can get over the next decade, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's getting quicker and quicker, so it'll be interesting to see how automated it gets, how much you could do on the computer. I, I'm still waiting for the transaction to happen through Zillow. Like, I think you should be able to post your property for sale by owner. And you can basically, as a buyer, go in there, register, post a POF or a bank account where it can check it and then make offers, communicate with the seller. And then in every territory, there would be a lawyer or a title company that would do the transaction. And then it would be, you know, peer to peer, basically the buyer to the seller directly through the 
portal going oh. back and forth and closes ASAP through the local company. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Joe, I'm sure that technology is already here. It's just that, you know, it would disrupt the industry too much. Let's just say that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was working on some offers over here and, you know, you got the broker and then going to the broker and then you got a lawyer and you got a lawyer. I'm like, man, yep. why can't I just, you know, hit the button and be like, here's my, here's my, uh, offer and here's the reason why and communicate directly with a seller. Right. Yeah. I, I really, th for most industries, including real estate, I really think all the technology of what we want to do is there. It's just that we can't, bankrupt industries and livelihoods overnight right we can't just flip the switch and then all these people lose their livelihoods overnight i think that's what the government really tries to prevent anything redfin and zillow and all that will play out as a major portal or broker in the industry in the next 10 years maybe i'm sure if they if they keep on pushing the envelope yeah you know i mean uh, that's great for them. Right. But for the individual investors watching this right now, right. Think about how you can work with them or find deals on those platforms or, or, uh, sellers, uh, uh, local realtors, whatever you can, right. Figure out, Hey, what's best for you and how you want to go out and find deals. Again, I shared that I like to get on a lot of wholesale wholesaler lists just because I don't, I'm not in the business of finding deals anymore. Right. Um, I like to find and negotiate them, but I also like to get on wholesale lists where they send them to me and I can take a look. That's good. And do you do any outbound calls? For, Zero. You know, direct to seller? Zero. Those days are over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm retired of uh, direct seller calls. I was back in my twenties. <laughs> so what else you have? Yeah. So what else you have going on today as we kind of get close to wrapping it up here? Sure. Um, Man, uh, really just enjoying, enjoying life as much as I can right now. I have a great group of friends out here that we hang out with. So back to the lifestyle piece. You know, I, I live less than a mile from the ocean here, from Carlsbad State Beach. Um, I like to, I like the lifestyle, the beach lifestyle. Uh, hanging out with friends, you know, enjoying some hobbies like like music and outdoors and some other things. So. Um, everything I do kind of focuses and fills that funnel for me. Right. I, I don't need to make, you know, when I was in my twenties, I set a goal to make a hundred million dollars or some crazy goal. And, you know, I was, when I was younger and I said, now I don't, I don't really care about that at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, is that you get old, or SoCal? Uh, I think a little or bit both. of both. <laughs> I think it's both. Right. I think once you, once you get old and uh, older, I guess, not that I'm old, I think I'm only 35, but uh, once you get to a point in your life where you're like, Hey, you just, want to to enjoy and experience and and hey there's there's what you need to to live comfortably you know and that's that's it you know and now there might be some people that are like well watching that that's crazy i want i want to make the 100 million well then i say go for it right whatever just make sure it's not driven by ego make sure it's it's driven by the heart and everything yeah. you do yeah it'll be interesting to see all the people out in california that have all the fancy sports cars how many go up for sale right after this <laughs> little recession oh hey i love myself a nice car but uh <laughs> so make sure it doesn't hurt you more than it helps you especially if you're building uh or getting started in real estate or whatever uh, your journey is anything else you want to leave the viewers with any important nuggets how can yeah. they reach you what's the best way to reach you Sure, sure. Uh, some nuggets would be, you know, if you're in a situation like myself where you work full time and let's say you don't have much time to put into 
uh, investing in real estate. Leverage technology. Um, go to your local RIAs. Maybe it's once or twice a month, you know, maybe 6 to 9 p.m., a couple nights a month. You know, go to a couple clubs, engage, build relationships, um, get on wholesaler lists, uh, look at a lot of properties. You can look at a lot of properties with your phone, right on apps now, see which ones you want to pursue. Um, so look at a lot of them and you'll, you'll get an idea of where you want to invest and, uh, and make your goals very individual and personal for you and not based on what anyone else is doing, right? Uh, just be true to yourself. And as you're investing in real estate, make sure it supports the lifestyle you want. If you're a lifestyle investor and you just want to live by the beach and, and hang out and you know, you don't need a, a $40 million mansion by the beach. Well then don't do it. If it, if it's, if, if you're driven by ego or someone else is doing it, it, it's only going to leave you unhappy at the end. So just be true to yourself when investing. And, um, if anyone has any questions for me, or if, if you want to reach out or, um, you want to learn more about how I invest, uh, across the country, right? I'm here in California and I'm doing business in Pennsylvania. You know, just reach out to me on Facebook or, or LinkedIn, send me a message. Um, it's just me. I don't have a big company. So feel free to ask questions. Um, I love helping people and I love coaching people. So, um, uh, reach out to me if you want some, uh, some free coaching. Dude, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I'm sure the viewers would love that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with all your experience, it would be a, a great benefit for them to reach out to you and, and get that assistance. Yeah. And um, Joe, I want to thank you for doing this as well, right? Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, this is valuable stuff, right? Somebody might be at home and, you know, in, instead of doing whatever, right, they can at least learn about real estate so uh, they can get the ball rolling in the direction that they want. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for coming out today. I hope all the viewers enjoyed everything. And until next time, thank you. All right. You're welcome, Joe. Hey, we'll talk soon. See you, buddy. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life. The Joe Roberts Show. Joe Robert Show The Joe Robert Show